Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the Academica Vertex. I'm your host Ollie and you can find us on Twitter at the underscore FF Academy. This week we'll be looking at all things game week 9 and for the future. Salah has tested positive again for COVID-19 today about a couple of hours ago. So it's looking very likely that you know he'll miss the Leicester game and it's a bit of a touch and go whether he'll get any minutes in the Brighton game. We'll also be looking at the best Kane replacements over the next few weeks. Uh, and all injury news as a lot of players have been flagged over this international break. Today I'm joined by Aditya and Chris. So, Aditya, how's your sort of two-week FPL holiday been? Not really good, to be honest, because every day I open up Twitter, there's some kind of, you know, negative news popping up from the international break. Like somebody gets injured or somebody unfortunately is down due to COVID or something. But not been a great two weeks or so in terms of FPL, but other than that, everything has been good. Good to hear, mate. Good to hear. And Chris, how have you been, how have you been recently? Um, to be honest, I haven't checked my team like in a while, for in a while because uh, I just didn't want to uh, get so much involved. I wanted to take a break, and I think that was uh, really good for me. Apart from the injury news, uh, which really, really uh, caused me some headaches, over the last few days, and I'm really looking forward to the tinkering I'm gonna do in the uh, next days, right? Yeah, I think I think we're all in the same boat there with with Salah being ruled out, and uh, it's gonna be an interesting one for for all the options, and it'll put a bit of a spanner in the works for all FPL managers, and I guess it will it will prove to see whether who who will be the best at climbing the ranks and getting in the best players however let's get into it and first I want to talk about Harry Kane I mean uh, last week in, in episode uh, 7 we did talk about Son and Kane a little bit uh, and, and the best replacements but an interesting thing that has, has popped up for me is Kane's expected goal involvement has been 7.75 uh, and Salah's has been 7.76 so um, the players are very, very close on points and, and obviously they, they're very similar players, both on penalties and, and both performing very well for their respective teams. Um, and the question I'm asking myself is, if Salah had these runner fixtures with Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Leicester, um, would I be likely to, to get him out? And I, I'm so considering getting Kane out right now. Uh, if, if Salah had these runner fixtures... Would I be thinking to get him out? So, have you got any opinions on that, Chris? Um, that's really interesting uh, question, and really uh, the interesting take on the topic because I haven't thought of it that way. And now that you say that, uh, I really start to wonder if I'm gonna take him out. But when I really think of it, I just think that Sal and Kane have like. Uh, big differences on that the style of football that their teams play like Liverpool is more attacking they aim to score more goals even though they might concede they want to score goals and kill the game whereas Spurs uh, are more of a defensive team and when they score two three goals they're they're gonna stop so sometimes I think that uh, even against big teams Liverpool can score lots of goals which just makes Salah uh, Fixture proof, in my opinion, but I'm really tempted to sell Kane because of Jamie Vardy and maybe Jesus, who are I think really better options for the run. So I just think that's the better thing to do. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting one because the players have have played uh, despite their different styles of football so 
so similar this season. Um, but um, one option I was looking at Aditya was was Jamie Vardy for the next few run of fixtures as as Tottenham hit hit the rougher fixtures and. Um, Vardy's expected goals have has been seven point three, um, and and Leicester, uh, as we said last episode, they've been awarded eight penalties this season, and his his expected goals from non penalty has been one point nine five, and that's obviously a lot lower than than the penalty uh, expected goals. So, is Vardy an option for a replacement for Kane for for you? Obviously, if you take a look at the run of games. Who Leicester are going to play? That's after game week ten. That's Fulham, uh, Sheffield, and Brighton. That's game week ten, eleven, and twelve. So it, it does make sense in that manner to jump onto Wardy. But as you rightly said, that Leicester have been awarded the most penalties this season, and obviously Jamie Wardy is the one taking for them. But likewise, if you take a look at even Harry Kane, he's the leading, you know, talisman for Spurs, and he's the one, the main player, and he takes the penalties and set pieces, of course, there. And obviously, the the run of games for Spurs don't look good, especially they play City, Chelsea, Arsenal. But overall, Spurs this season have looked better. And although they kind of play defensive football, we all we always know that Mourinho kind of likes to sit back and then exploit the opponents in a counter attack fashion and then score a goal. So Man City have basically not looked that great this season. So, there's a high chance that Spurs could beat them and we could probably see Kane also on someone, you know, being in the score sheet. So, that's the thing that worries me the most, transferring Kane out. At, maybe for just this game week. But again, Chelsea, it's a uh, Mourinho visits, I think, uh, Stamford Bridge. So, that's again an away game. So, if he considers them as rivals so-called now, we could probably see a different United Spurs going for that. Uh, for that particular game and going for a win. So, again, it's it's very difficult for us to consider. It's the way and the mindset based on which how we are going to take the decision on. But getting in Vardy obviously makes sense if we take a look at the run of games that they have from game week 10 onwards. So, if I take a look at basically at Vardy's numbers, he has just created two chances, basically one key pass. 39 touches in the final third, 12 touches in the box, 9 attempts on goal, scored 3 goals. Uh, I think all of, all were from penalties if I'm not wrong. So, 7 shots on target, 8 shots from inside the box. Compared to Kane, overall Kane did have a good run of games over the last past 4 game weeks. Kane had 19 attempts whereas Wardy had just 9 attempts. And overall... If we take a look at Leicester's attacking, you know, numbers, they've just created 22 chances over the last four matches. That's the third worst. That's on par with Burnley with 22. And although the games that Leicester played, if I take a look quickly, I mean, the, the thing I'm, I'm worried about most is is that is this this penalty streak going to come to an end? Because if this penalty streak does come to an end. These underlying underlying numbers that that you're talking about, I mean, they don't look good. Leicester, they they find themselves at the top of the top of the league currently. But do you think this this sort of penalties that they're getting is going to come to an end? I don't think so. The way VAR is being used at the moment is what they call is to make the game, you know, go in a more fair manner and to give better results. Is what basically what they are aiming to produce. 
But the issue here is for a fact that even if the ball touches a defender's hand in the box, which rightly happened last games against Wolves, I think it was Kilman, the ball touched his hand and was given a penalty. So if such decisions are given in a consistent manner, which is looking like it's going to happen even towards the end of the season, we are looking, we are going to see such decisions being given, then you know, penalties are going to be definitely awarded for such sloppy so-called mistakes as by from the rule book. Because if such handball decisions are given, then obviously penalties are going to be given. So that's what was evident. And even the game against Manchester City, I guess when Leicester went to Etihad, I think they were given two penalties, if I'm not wrong, again there. And Wadi did score two goals. So if the VAR and the referees keep on giving such decisions like penalties, decisions and all, they're going to definitely see Wadi taking them and even most of the other sides even getting such chances to score. That's why, although you rightly said, the numbers don't look good for Leicester. Just 22 chances created and if I take a look at the number of attempts they had on goal, just to clear my doubt there, that was about 37. That's around with Crystal Palace and Sheffield United who have nearly had um, the same amount of attempts on board. So that's definitely worrying for a fact. And as you said, if they keep on giving such penalties and all, I mean, Vardy is going to definitely score. But at the moment, I would hold on to Kane because Spurs are looking much better and they could mm. probably even win mm. the next two games. I mean, I, d- I definitely want to see their their form sort of peak before before I get them out. Um, and as you say, that, that is the thing that we're talking about which does does worry me this sort of penalties are are making the form for for Leicester and if they can keep that going then I'm I'm sure that Vardy is is definitely an asset I mean talking about penalties the penalty taker for Chelsea has turned Chris so Jorginho is no longer on penalties and it has has switched to Timo Werner we saw him score two penalties I believe in the Champions League um, not long before the international break I mean Werner's expected goals over his his eight starts has been 3.01 um, and of course his his non uh, non penalty has been 3.01 as well um, because he hasn't been on penalties but we know this season that penalties are just a massive factor of the game. So, um, Chris, is Timo Werner the, another sort of option for you? I'll be honest with you. Um, since I ditched Werner um, back in game week 6, 5, I'm not, I don't remember when, but uh, I just don't think he's been tempting me, even with pens on his name right now. I just think that playing out wide, he just doesn't get uh, as much in those great positions even though stats uh, suggest he does. Uh, and I saw his hit map against uh, Spain last night, and it was uh, like as if, he, as if he was playing left back, which really worries me uh, that if uh, in, in tougher games, or even like sometimes it might occur that he will play deeper or really uh, hiding the sideline. And that really depends on how Chelsea play, but with... Pulisic injury and uh, Havertz still not uh, being able to train or uh, I just think it's really not tempting to get 9.4 million player that will play on the wing and you just don't know whether he get those chances every game. And and the other thing that that concerns me, Chris, with with Chelsea and Werner is that when you look at that Leicester, that Leicester player players in the team. Um, you think Vardy, if Leicester do score, it's likely Vardy's going to be 
an influence in the goal either he wins the penalty takes the penalty or gets an assist but then I look at that Chelsea team um, as you say they've, they've got so many good players Ziyech, Werner, uh, Pulisic when he's fit, um, Havertz when he's fit as well they've got so many so many good attackers Mason Mount as well um, I think when when they're attacking it's not certain that that it's going to be Werner who's going to score so um, I think it's a bit worrying for me at the moment um, but you know, Jorginho, he was the fourth highest point scorer in like game week four or game week five just because he, he converted three penalties or something something along those lines. And I mean, his position was like a, a defensive midfielder. So penalties, as I say, are such a huge part of the game this season. So even if he is virtually playing as a left back, I think Werner could still be a, a replacement um, who, who might maybe a bit overlooked overlooked uh, right now um, anyway um, with with all these injuries as I was saying uh, Havertz and Pulisic they're, they're not fit um, Aditya we've, we've seen a lot of flags in our team I mean Salah he's been flagged uh, Chilwell's flagged Rashford um, there's so many players that have come back and are not fit Doherty as well uh, Ain't Norian Cody uh, out um, is, is it time to, to play to play the free hit and and get a one-up on, on the other teams? Um, if you ask me that question, absolutely not. Don't use your free hit at the moment now unless you're, you're currently placed in a very bad position and with almost, let's say, out of 15, eight to nine players of your team, the players are already flagged. But doesn't make sense using the free hit now because towards the end of the FPL season and the Premier League season, chips like free hit, bench boost and the triple captain, they do play a big part because if you use it smartly and wisely during a double game week and all, you can definitely boost your points. And the best thing to use uh, basically a free hit would be during a blank game week, which at the moment, this is definitely not a blank game week. And once we face that around, let's say, game week uh, 28 plus or somewhere, we'll be facing somewhere, game week 29, 30 or somewhere. That would be the ideal time to use the free hit. But at the moment, definitely not. Uh, I do have two free transfers. And if I look at my team, I have, I think, five players currently flagged. And that's, I still do have Trent Alexander-Arnold at the moment. So I'm going to definitely transfer him out now. And uh, with respect to Mo Salah, that's again another worry. And uh, to be honest, I might just bench him and just wait for maybe proper conclusive news from the club because at the moment we do know he has again tested positive and as per the recent news which was put out by the Egyptian FA. So, mm. I mean, the, if you do have two two free transfers is what I'm saying is just get in the two players who are more likely to get in returns over the next few weeks. Now, almost half of us, everybody has either Robertson or Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, Trent is currently owned by roughly 24%. So, Everybody is basically going to transfer him out because he's out for the next four weeks or so. Uh, what what I have seen fifty percent. That's yeah, four weeks. He's out for four weeks definitely. And if you transfer him out for let's say a four point five or five million defender, you get the extra cash, and then you can you know replace one of your fodder or a cheap midfield forward to a regular starter or someone who's going to get loads of points. So in my case, I have Podens, and I'm basically looking at upgrading Podence to someone like Grealish. So that basically cover, covers up my midfield. And with the next run of games for Aston Villa, I'm basically getting in a Villa player and hoping that they 
to getting some amount of returns so for me i'm going to use my two transfers if you do have like about one transfer and all maybe taking in a hit and transferring of two players would make sense rather than using a free at the moment I mean, the the thing that tempts me the most about a free hit potentially this week, Chris, is that Son is playing Man City, Kane is playing Man City, who are both in my team. I mean, De Bruyne is playing Tottenham away, which um, I'm not sure if I would transfer him out in, in, a, in a free hit anyway. But um, the two Spurs assets I don't think are going to score highly. It's not certain whether Chilwell will play or not. Bamford plays Arsenal, who, who's also Arsenal have looked pretty solidly... Uh, in defence this season, so um, th that I mean, I guess a free hit this week, you're going to be able to work around these injured players, and also you can target teams like uh, Everton and Manchester United who play, play West Brom and, and Everton. So, Chris, I was wondering what what your take on on potentially playing a free hit this week would be. Um, I'm actually going to agree with Aditya because I just don't think that a free hit right now will offer the highest upside on whether you're going to gain on others. Because I think many casuals or people who have already taken lots of hits might just press the button out of a, a pure desperation, right? And I just think that when there's a blank game, that's when you're going to need the, uh, the free hit, when you're only going to be able to, to feel like six players. That's like really when you're going to need it. So I just don't think uh right now is a is the is the perfect moment to play that and i just think you have to plan this uh maybe with some hits or just uh settle with 10 players i don't know man but just i think uh, it's much better if you do that and with salah the issue is that we don't know whether he's gonna uh if he's gonna come back for the brighton game but if he does he has brighton wolves and then fulham but would you really want him for those two games? Um, and with the doubt if he's going to play or not. But for me, it's really, it's really for the decision. And maybe I'm going to wait until the press conferences to really see what's going on. So I'm not, I'm not really rushing with my decisions right now. Yeah, I mean, we're all in the same dilemma, in the same boat. We all have Salah. And we're wondering what to do with him, really. I mean, um, for me... Uh, It'd definitely be a, a waste to to keep him for this week and then transfer him out for for next week. Um, I, it, it's 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 make your mind up time. Um, and he is definitely going to be out for Leicester. And whether he gets any minutes for Brighton, um, we're we're not particularly sure. I mean, uh, it says he'll be back on the on the twenty eighth of of November, and that's when he's expected back. Um, and maybe it's it's that he's going to get limited minutes or. Or maybe that he won't play at all. Um, so, Aditya, what, what's your plan with with Salah? How how are you going to take on that? I mean, for this game week, we definitely know he's not going to play. So, obvious decision is to bench him. And looking at his value, his price twelve point three. So, if you're basically got him for twelve, that means uh, till twelve point two, it's fine. If he drops even point one, you're not going to lose the point one value. So in my case, I'm pretty happy even if he drops another point one. So I'm happy to bench him for this week and just hope and pray that he's fit enough and eligible to play against Brighton. But that's just again an outside shot. We have we don't have pretty much concrete news regarding that if he's going to be fit and he clears his test and he's going to be allowed to play or not. 
but uh, I'm going to basically keep him. And uh, as I said, I'm going to upgrade uh, my one of my so-called fifth midfielder to someone like Grealish and downgrade Trent to someone like a bad target or someone who's priced 4.5 and basically work around there and make another transfer next weekend somehow, you know, get rid of the flagged players at the moment. And for me, it's Mitchell who's currently out. He's basically got a knock and it's his unknown return date. So we'll have to wait and see what Roy Hawkson basically says in his press conference. Chilwell, as as per what Garrett Southgate said, he's not that seriously injured, so he has a chance of playing in the Nations League game today, or he could be fit enough to play in the Premier League match. Trent is definitely out, so he's gone. Salah is also out, and I basically of the last guy is Ren Brewster, who basically got a knock in one of his under-21 matches, so he's been sent back to his club, Sheffield. So, if by chance Brewster you know, is fit enough to play, then I basically could start him in place of Salah. Just around, you have to bear with the players and work around and somehow survive for the next two weeks because once the players return back from their international camps and all, then we'll have a fair idea of how many players have actually returned fit, how many players are going to, you know, escape from getting COVID and all because it's very unfortunate to see the cases are slowly starting to rise up. Uh, it's actually a worrying sign for all of us at the moment. So, somehow bear with everyone. Just use the two transfers or take necessary hits and work around for the next two weeks. Because once we reach around game week 14, 15, and uh, if you have the wild card, I think that would be the best time to wild card somewhere around game week 14, 15, 16. Because that would be the time we'll get a fair idea on basically the blank game weeks and double game weeks and all. So, that would be the best time. So, don't use your free hit now. Just Take some hits if you want, basically. Maybe minus four, minus eight, worst case. Don't go more than that. And, you know, walk around with the transfers. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a tough decision for all of us. And um, my number one that I'm eyeing up now is going to be Bruno Fernandes. If I didn't have the Bruin, I'd I'd certainly think about making that switch, um, even though they do play Tottenham next. Uh, As I say, um, he plays West Brom at home next and then Southampton and then West Ham. But the the problem that worries me is is taking out Salah is that I'll I'll potentially miss him for the Fulham game. I mean, transferring out to transfer back in can prove like a bit costly for for the other team, uh, for the the rest of your team. I mean, the opportunity cost is there of of perhaps transferring someone in for, for a different player who's who's going to gonna help you even more than, than transferring out Salah. I mean, to be honest, we, we all thought that Tottenham were absolutely going to smash West Brom, um, like, but it was a 1-0 victory to, to Tottenham in the end, and maybe that we're all uh, anticipating Man United to, to really, as I say, smash West Brom uh, at home at Old Trafford, and... Um, I, it might not be a possibility to then play West Ham and Southampton and Southampton looked brilliant this season in in the top four and West Ham likewise have performed really good with a, a difficult set of fixtures in the in the first few games in the first first eight weeks so um, that that's my number one sort of uh, pick uh, if I wanted to go from Salah would be Bruno Fernandes um, I mean his expected goals has been 3.21 I'm sure a lot of that has has come from penalties. However, his, his non-penalty expected goals has been 
uh, 2.29 so not look too bad and um, I think Bruno will be the one I'm eyeing up and uh, and Chris if you're gonna replace Salah who 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 you bring in um I just don't think the Bruno uh, is the best option at least not for this game week because uh, I was planning to bring him in in the place of Son for uh, game week 10 but I'm really starting I need to get Rilish in my team and just save the money in the bank for Salah when he returns and just seems sharp again. Because Rulish is playing so well, he seems to have so much confidence in him. And I just think that the fixtures might not be the best, even though the the fixture difficulty rating might show uh, as easy. But of course, we can we know that uh, green fixtures are not always the, easy, the easiest ones. I just think his form... Uh, is really not affected by the fixtures, and if Villa can keep the can keep this up, I'm sure he will get many returns in the following weeks. And I just think he will be worth it. But I'm just not convinced uh, about removing Salah. It's just like really a hard situation, difficult to predict, and I just think about it. Liverpool, they've got so many injuries with, with with all these players out, Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, and they're going to have a very sort of untested partnership at the back four. I mean, um, Henderson, Thiago, Gomez, Van Dijk, they're going to be playing, what, Milner, Matip, another centre-back, and Robertson, if he's fit. Um, like, I've seen people saying, look, we should target this Liverpool team, um, definitely get Vardy in, but is, is it right to, to target the, the holding champions? I mean, everyone wants to beat, right? The defending champions. I mean, just to brag. But definitely Leicester will be also keeping an eye on and will be trying, going for the win. And as you rightly said, with Trent out, Gomez out, Van Dyke out, Robertson looks to be fit to play in the weekend. Uh, Matt Keep is a lone survivor for, at the moment. For now, he's fit. And... There could be a chance where Fabino could feature. I'm not sure. We've not got the latest update from Jurgen Klopp yet. So we'll have to wait and see. And Thiago too. I think I read somewhere that Thiago and Fabino haven't trained, you know, started training. Whereas Matip is fine. So we could probably see, I think, Milner, uh, one of the centre-backs. I don't know. Rhys Williams also withdrew from one of his under-21 squads. So Matt Phillips and Matip and then Robertson, and then we'll probably Henderson again was injured, so Wijnaldum and uh, if Thiago is fit, Fabino, and then again it starts to get confusing with Firmino, Jota, and Mane up top. So, I mean, really at the moment they look like a depleted side, but uh, depleted side, and. Uh, Things are not looking good even for Liverpool and the other Premier League clubs also are struggling with injuries and with all such stuff which happened during the international break now. So definitely teams will be gunning there and will be hoping to do the best and beat them. But uh, they are defending champions for a reason, right? And they're not going to go down so easily and they're going to put a tough fight. And all of a sudden they could start keeping clean sheets without Robert without Trent and Van Dyke and Gomez and that's just going to be you know, a laughing factor for all of us now. And we never know the game against Leicester. I mean, Liverpool could win 1-0 also. I'm just predicting for fun here. But it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy for even Liverpool to play. Although 
they have lost a couple of defensive players at the moment and also without Salah, it's going to be difficult. But they're not going to make it easy for even other teams to play against them. So, yeah. I mean, talking of losing a couple of defensive players, it looks like Aiden Nori and, and Cody are going to be out for, for Wolves, which suggests Kilman might play. I mean, it's not always certain with, with Wolves and, and rotation and Kilman, as I say, is, is, is a cheap option. Um, uh, so I'm hoping that he'll play. But even with him playing, he plays Southampton, Arsenal, Liverpool and Villa and then Chelsea in his next five. So that's not, despite Wolves being a, pretty good defensive side that's no guarantee anywhere of a clean sheet against any in any of those fixtures so Chris would you be playing Mac, Max Kilman this week against Southampton um I have Cody in my team and I was planning to play him even though he, they might not keep a clean sheet I still believe that Wolves are a really uh good team defensive wise and they could keep a clean sheet so if you have so many injury problems and you really can't say no to uh, a player who is not injured. So I think he's a decent shout and he's probably going to start. So you should play him if you have him, that's for sure. But I don't know if he's going to be affected by uh, the death of his pa- father, which I think happened today. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, but if that's not taken into account, yeah, you should. he should start and you should start him in your teams. Mm, yeah, I mean, he's such a good option. I mean, he's risen crazy to 4.3 now, as the Wolves defender should. Um, just one quick point, mo- moving back to Salah. Everyone has sort of overlooked Mane. I mean, I didn't suggest him. I was talking about De Bruyne and Fernandes. But with no Mohamed Salah, Mane, this is his chance to, to take the spotlight. Maybe even uh, Diogo Jota, who knows. But um, is is Mane potentially an option for this this next few game weeks? Uh, Aditya, sorry. Definitely, <laughs> a sideways move always worth considering. And Liverpool, we know how well offensively they are. And Diego Jota definitely has played well since he has joined Liverpool, which was evident the way he played in one of the Champions League games where he scored a hat trick. That was against Atlanta, if I'm not wrong. So. Um, Generally, the way since Salah joined, Salah was one of the you know main players, main player for them basically in terms of scoring goals and you know creating chances. But since he has started playing well, teams have now realized that we need to mark Salah and defend Salah. And what happens? It starts to leave out space with Firmino kind of pressing him and dropping him behind, and Mane is able to capitalize that. So it's going to be interesting to see how well Mane is going to play with the absence of Mo Salah and how well Diego Jota is able to complement the attack. And uh, that's a kind of a gamble, I would say. But Mane is just, I think, owned by roughly close around 10% or so. So, it's a kind of a differential option. And even Diego Jota could be worth considering if you don't want to spend, you know, a lot on, you know, getting in a Mane or someone who's priced well, getting in Jota makes sense and maybe spreading out the cash elsewhere, maybe to transfer someone and getting you know high price player. But getting in money again is worth a shout. I'm not going to say it's not a it's definitely not a bad option. It's only if you fancy Liverpool to play well over the next few game weeks and score loads of goals, then Mane is definitely going to be involved because he's one of the best attacking players at the moment since Salah is also absent. So 
worth considering. But with respect to De Bruyne and Fernandes, uh, De Bruyne, Man City, not look great. Fernandes is going to play West Brom at home. United have played in the last game well against Everton, but they've not been pretty consistent so far. And uh, it's going to be a tough game for United, even though it's so-called West Brom were right at the bottom of the table and have looked back. But mind you, against Spurs, West Brom did play well and they could have definitely outsmarted Spurs, but they failed to like finish their chances and they got punished by Harry Kane, who managed to score you know, towards the end. So, I mean, the options are looking very much difficult if you want to transfer out Salah, but getting in money makes sense, definitely. Getting in Fernandez also makes sense. Getting in even Grealish makes sense. So, there are loads of options at the moment. But for me, I'm going to bend Salah for two weeks and just wait to see how things go on. Mm. Yeah, well, anyway, moving moving away from the uh, Salah talk, which I'm sure is affecting so many people right now. Um, I just want to look ahead to, to this uh, Game Week 9, I believe, and and the best captaincy options for for obviously Everton do play Fulham, which looks like a brilliant fixture for Calvert-Lewin owners and, and 57% uh, ownership. I think it definitely could be a contender for a captain. Um, also, Timo Werner plays Newcastle, which is good. And Grealish plays Brighton Hove Albion. Brighton Hove Albion have conceded 14 goals in eight games this season and only kept two clean sheets. Um, so they've they've conceded a uh, 34 goal uh, goal attempts inside the box and a total of 57 shots. So do you think, Chris, it, it's potentially a, a Grealish captain option? Um, I just think Aston Villa are too good at this moment to say that a team can really defend against them. We've seen Liverpool and Arsenal struggle big time, and they conceded uh, 10 goals uh, overall. Which it's massive and just shows how how good Aston Villa can be when attacking. And with the additions of Barclay and Watkins, I think Village has finally got the squad around him to to perform better and unleash unleash his true potential. So I I really think that if I were to get him in right now, especially for a hit, I would captain him. As maybe Covet Lewin is the other option I was thinking about. Uh. But if Richarlison is out, uh, I just don't think he's so attractive, even though the fixture is good. And of course, the United boys, but can you really trust Manchester United? I don't know. Uh, they might choke, uh, and that's really frightening me. But if you have Bruno, he's a really good uh, captain option. And Rashford, not so much, because if he's injured, or might get some like limited minutes, so I wouldn't really trust it on him. But yeah, uh, for me, it's Grealish, Bruno, and Calvert-Lewin in that order. Yeah, I think what you say about um, uh, Manchester United uh, potentially flopping against West Brom is is a concern. And Aditya, being a Manchester United supporter yourself, what do you think is going to happen in that game? Hopefully, Fernando scores a penalty, so... (laughs) So, he won't blank. But uh, the way we have been inconsistent so far, rightly you said, even a game against a, a team which is placed right at the bottom of the table is kind of looking difficult. I mean, we got battered by Spurs, drew against Chelsea, lost against Arsenal, lost to Istanbul, managed to win against Everton, only managed to save his job. 
And uh, let's see. Even though on paper, West Brom looks definitely an easy game. But Lindelof is out with a back injury. Marshall is also looking to set to miss the game. Rashford, I think he could start. And uh, we don't know how they're going to line up because Luke Shaw is injured and there's all this news surrounding around Alex Tillis. So, not sure once he's back, uh, if he's allowed to play or not. Edinson Cavani again, it looks like most of the players in the Uruguayan camp are getting tested positive and he's tracking to isolate or something. So, we don't know exactly how well they're going to line up. But I just hope United win this game and start to play well and build on a momentum from now on. Because if you take a look at the next round of games, they play West Brom, Southampton, West Ham. Southampton, West Ham have looked great since the start of this season and has surprised a lot of opponents so far. And uh, definitely this season has been a very weird one and teams have struggled to remain very consistent. And it's getting very difficult for us to nail down and pick an option you know, who's going to provide us a consistent returns. And that's what is worrying at the moment for us with respect to Mo Salah and all whether we need to transfer him or whether we need to keep him, whether we need to transfer out Son and Kane because the partnership of Son and Kane has been very well spoken throughout the season because the way they have remained consistent has been pretty good and they have awarded a lot of FPL managers great returns so far. And I just hope United win. And Fernandez, in terms of captaincy options, is what the next question I guess you wanted to ask me. Fernandez is definitely an option to consider. It's option number one. Ashton Villa Brighton is again a tough game on paper, but the way Jack Grealish has played over the last few weeks and the way he played against Belgium, if he does play the same way, if Watkins continues his run of the same run of form again, then Villa will definitely, you know, outscore Brighton here. And Clelish is definitely an option to consider. And uh, again, Calvert-Lewin, because they play Fulham. And again, it depends on whether Richarlison is going to play or not. And that again worries me. But again, I'm kind of square again. I don't know why to expose assets. And I feel that this, I mean, captaining Son or Kane could be a differential shout. Because the way City have played so far has not been convincing to most of us. And they have been pretty much inconsistent. And so far, if you look at Spurs, their last five games, they've not lost one. They've just drawn one that they drew against West Ham, which they were winning and they bottled it towards the end. And the remaining other four games, they've managed to win. So, they'll definitely I for a win and maybe captaining Son or Kim is not a bad shot but could be a differential in my opinion. So. And uh, just quickly, um, my captain this week, it's currently on Calvert-Lewin but I'm very unsure of, of my best captaincy option um, but I, I want to hear everyone's captaincy choices. So Chris, who have you got this week? Um... As you might guess, I'm really not uh, set on anything at the moment on my team. But uh, my current thinking is, if I get Salah out for Grealish, he would be the captain. Um, another thought I gave it was, hopefully Richarlison is going to play, which I think increases the chance of Calvert-Lewin doing well, because he 
he really makes difference in that return attack. And I just don't think there's anyone who stands out as an option from my team. Like, uh, I have Bowen, who I just don't think will get that spotlight and do well. Adams could be a nice uh, punt, but uh, I can't really count for my player to haul against Wolves. So that's for me. So I, I might as well transfer Grealish just to captain him. And Aditya, your captain this week? I think that should be an easy guess for you guys who I'm, who I'm captaining for this game. I mean, <laughs> Bruno Fernandes is a Man United fan. Surely has to be the option for you. Yes, so my argument <laughs> is on Bruno. And my vice captain, just to be more specific, it's on Werner. I don't know on what basis I put it on. But, I mean, that's an outside shot again, if you want to consider mm. captaining a Chelsea player. Although Newcastle away... Difficult game because Newcastle generally are defensive side and they'll generally trouble. You know, I, I definitely think goals. that could be a, a differential option though. Uh, a Vern yes. captaincy, yes. I do have Suchek, Carlo Tluid, and Hugh on, but I'm not, it's not Suchek is not going to score every week. It was just bound to happen because the way we all, all of us were hyping up and he finally scored a goal right towards the end. Finally, I was very happy. <laughs> I still managed to, you know, keep him. So, but Calvert Lewin again, as Chris said, if Richarlison is back fit, again, good option to consider. So for me, it's on Fernandez and my vice captain is on Werner. But we'll see what news we get and how things are going to change maybe in the next two three days. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've just looked at the the England starting lineup this today and Grealish will start again so this is good news for England I guess but not so good news for FPL because um, I mean I guess he'll definitely start for Villa but he's not going to be well rested uh, having played on Wednesday and then um, I guess he plays on, uh, when, when does he play? He plays uh, Saturday so he's going to play Wednesday, Saturday which is not going to be the best but um, yeah for me it's it's between Calvert-Lewin and Grealish and we'll just have to see um, <laughs> see who can who can outscore who. Um, so unless any of us have any more questions or or, or talking points, feel free to say now if you do. Um, I think I think uh, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so about Grealish starting with England, I just think uh, that when he he's given the chance to represent his country, he gets even more confidence because. You saw the, the trick he pulled off against Belgium. Even though England lost, I just think Willis was such a delight to watch. And I just think that uh, with him starting tonight, he just uh, it just reinforces the fact that he's in form and that he's playing uh, for his country. So I think his rest will be reasonably well because from uh, Wednesday to Saturday, it's, it's really... Uh, decent uh, time period for him to rest and I think if he manages to get a goal today or an assist uh, it will be really good for him moving forward yeah I mean we see Grealish on the ball and the, the defenders barely even want to tackle him he's so he's so good and he's so he's been on such good form and, and, and Southgate was receiving a, a lot of criticism about not not even picking Grealish for the squad a few months ago and then not playing him um, so I'm really glad that he's made his way through and he did play pretty well against Belgium d despite the loss, Belgium are a class side so we'll have to see um, if Grealish performs and, and hopefully I think this is the time to captain him now more than ever and 
and hopefully Brighton don't don't have a strong defensive performance for all Grealish captainers. But um, I think that that sums everything in the podcast up today. Um, we want to thank you all for listening uh, from us at the Academica Vertex. Stay tuned and keep with us. Uh, keep up with us on Twitter. Sorry at FPL Academica and at the underscore FF Academy. Um, we should be back next week after all these fixtures have done with another podcast. Uh, thank you and hopefully we'll see you all next time. We'll